Welcome, everybody. I'm Lauren McMeekin, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, Associate Marriage and Family Therapist. And together, we are Purely OCD. We are, and each week we are meeting to talk about all things OCD, one subtype at a time. We try to bring a little humor to our discussion because, let's be honest, laughter can help us through a lot of tough moments certainly has helped us. Anyway, we're uh, talking religious scrupulosity this week. And we will be covering obsessions, compulsions, and fun things like exposures. Mm-hmm. There's also a Q&A at the end. If you would like to join us, we'd love to have you. We meet every Monday at 1230 Pacific time on Instagram Live. Oh, and important note, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. Correct. Educational indeed. Mm-hmm. So with that said, without further ado, we bring to you religious scrupulosity. Oh, there she oh. is. Hello. Oh, oh, hello. I need Greetings. to get my charger. Hold on one second. Yeah, I know that's good. Shoot, I hope um, I don't need my charger. Hold on. I got to find it. Great. Okay. Keep going. Welcome. 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 Um, So we have a fair amount of questions today, and as we've done recently, if you have any questions throughout, please feel free to just tap on the little question box next to the comment area, and and we'll review those toward the end once we've gone over the typical obsessions, compulsions, exposures, etc. Fantastic. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, friend. Welcome to the show. Hey, buddy. Hello. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. What's going on? What's up? Um, hi. Hello. So, okay. we, uh, so yeah, we're talking, we're talking religious scrupulosity, which as per all the flavors of OCD uh, is a tough one. I don't think mm. that there's a not tough one, actually, now that I say That's that. True. Yeah. So, so common obsessions is our starting place. And oftentimes the way that I've seen this show up in my practice is with people having intrusive images of bad things happening to a religious figure, oftentimes uh, Jesus or, um, you know, any, really any religious figure. And that when they do, that they feel extremely anxious and they feel badly about the fact that they've had this thought and they wonder what it means that they've had this thought. And so they want to get rid of the thought, right? And the image, right? And oftentimes people will have these images while doing things, right? They'll be like, I don't know, opening a door, for instance. And a a common compulsion that I see in this subtype is just redoing the action, right? Until they can do it without having the bad thought. Yes, correct. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, got distracted for a second. Okay, so um, any other obsessions around that? Yeah, so in terms of uh, there's, so there's moral scrupulosity as well as religious scrupulosity. We did get, we did get a question today about moral scrupulosity, but we'll do a probably a, a, a individual episode for that one because it's a pretty big topic as well. 
but there's certainly overlap. And I think a lot of what ha- what I see is people coming in who are worried that they've done something that's immoral that is, or that they might've done something immoral that they don't remember. Right. That is so bad that they can't forgive themselves or they're trying to figure out whether or not it's bad or needs some sort of absolution, which depending on your faith might look like something different. You want a box? Is that? Oh my gosh. Put it in a I box. I don't know why. I don't even know what this box is, why it's here and why it's still here, but apparently it should remain home. there. It's mm-hmm. yeah. The, it's the it's not going anywhere. subtype box, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but there is no box as we know. No box. Um, so other obsessions would be, what if I go to hell? Yes. Right? Yep. What if I go mm-hmm. to hell? What if I'm not taking things, my faith seriously enough and I, I miss something? Go ahead. Right. Sorry. No, I wasn't. Did oh. I'm back to my usual movement self again. I've rearranged I- my seating like five times. So <laughs> I hadn't even noticed. How's that? That's How's because I've that? habituated you to me. I like it. I like it. Um, and I, I think a lot of the, so there's also obsessing about whether or not you're praying correctly, which often leads to the compulsion of repetitive prayer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the concern of whether or not you're living a life that's closely or close enough to your values will also lead to that sort of compulsive prayer business, just sort of in an empty way, repeating the same words over and over again. Yeah. And someone just brought up something about, which I know we're not going to typically do this, but it reminds me of what we had talked earlier on before live is um, this idea that existential OCD kind of comes on board here yeah, and is one of the, the double dips or concentric circles we often talk about. (laughs) Right. Demonstration. Like if I'm not living my best life and um, yeah, like this were said, if I haven't done everything in my power, well, to prevent to going to hell, yes. But I'd say there's some existentially type flavor. Existentially, yeah. you like that word? It's a new I, word. I like it. I like it. It's an, I don't even know. Is it an adjective or an yeah. adverb? Okay, Lauren. TBD. Whoa. You know Whoa. what? IQ, IQ, turn down. <laughs> Take it, drop it down. Drop turn it down. down. Gross. Adverb, what's that? Gross. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I, I don't know why. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I agree, though. There's a lot of crossover, especially because for those who belong to a faith, that's, that is existence in many ways, right? That that is the organizing principle of existence and what's most important in in this life and so yeah you can see where that would totally overlap and also again why it could be so challenging for people because of course you want to make sure you don't go to hell that sounds really awful and you don't want to disappoint the 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 creator the the sort of uh, in many faiths anyway the father figure right that you're trying to to live your best life in support of that it's awful to not right. to feel that you're not doing that and to feel like you're going to be punished eternally for that right when in fact actually with ocd it, 
ironically does this is it kind of turns flips the switch on you and you become almost you know the you're going against god in a lot of ways right you're trying to create this false sense of control when Mm -hmm. you're not you know if you're subscribing to religion the idea is that you don't have that power right right god has the power so humble yourself a little, right? (laughs) Exactly. I think that it's an important thing within treatment to recognize how presumptuous it is to think that, that you could know everything or that you could practice the principles of faith perfectly, because that's where OCD ducks in, but it is totally, to your point, inconsistent with the belief system. Right. Yeah. But you know, OCD, man, always. Yeah. Always for a good time. <laughs> for a good time, call no OCD. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's a post. That's for sure. You take it, girl. Okay. Um, <laughs> common compulsions. Common compulsions. So we've named a few already. So compulsive prayer, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to get it just right, trying to prevent something bad from happening, like going to hell or harm, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then. Uh, I think compulsive, uh, it's it's a form of reassurance, but compulsive apology can sometimes pop up in this where there's right. sense of constantly going back and saying, I'm so sorry for that and, and wanting to make sure that the person is okay and that you've resolved the issue because that is in keeping with the moral code of your faith. Right. And we see that a lot of too with um, moral. Totally. Moral group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So apologizing asking for forgiveness, confessing, obviously, mm-hmm. with Catholic yep. faith, faith, yep. um, have which you is seen tough. a lot of, like, yeah, go, no, go ahead, have you seen a lot of, well, I feel like yours is going to be more applicable in terms of fluidity of what we're talking about, so, I was just going to say that the, the difficult thing is that, Obviously, within you mentioned Catholicism, and within the realm of Catholicism, confession is an important ritual. And so, and there's the word. There's so many rituals within the realm of faith, and some of them are important to the faith. And so, it's it can be really difficult to ride the line within treatment between or and I think very confusing for people to distinguish between whether or not something is compulsive or whether they are whether doing actually doing something that they should be doing within the the context of their faith. Right. Like if sense. you're doing yeah. Hail Marys or right, it's like doing yeah. it so many times and then Right. Right. And letting, I I think that that's where, I mean, within, and I'm getting a little bit ahead of us into treatment, but let's say we were treating somebody who is Catholic, the priest Mm -hmm. gets to decide how many rosaries you do, not you, right? Like you don't get to determine that we're going to allow the, you know, the leader or the, the sort of person who usually determines that to do that. And we're not, we're going to do no more, no less sort of thing. And probably wanting a therapist to be in touch with that person. Yeah, and actually, that is a good point. First of all, this is not a replacement for therapy. Oh my gosh, this is not a replacement for therapy. That's such a good point. 
this is education purposes only, but also a caveat with this form of OCD is oftentimes we will try to get a release to speak to the religious leader so that we can align ourselves value-wise, get a bearing on what's acceptable and not, and also get this third party involved who kind of helps either mentor through or validate person's experience and kind of backs up the therapist as well. Yes, that collaboration is really important. And especially early on in treatment for there to be that dialogue and some clarity with regard to where that line is within the faith and where the like the person of uh, within the faith is willing to or says that it sort of should be drawn right yeah exactly yeah um but what i was going to say earlier is the like i don't know if you've seen this at all i've seen it a few times like the cleanliness around it like i have to be clean physically my body in order mm-hmm. to pray Mm -hmm. or whatever it is right like there's this aspect of cleaning ritual well and I may be wrong here I may be showing my ignorance but I think that in some faiths it is actually it's required yeah I I think in in Islam it it is correct right and this was not that religion oh gotcha right gotcha it was just I want to feel clean right but even with that like if we're looking at Islam, that it can become compulsive. That's like the line you were talking about. It's like there, there is a line where it starts to become to neutralize the discomfort or trying to prove or disprove the theory. Absolutely. It's sort of like when we were talking about contamination OCD in the age of COVID-19, that there's amount, an amount of cleaning that's required and necessary in order to keep you safe. And then there's still within that the excessive amount that we right. don't want to encourage within the realm of OCD treatment. Because it loses the point of why you're praying in the first place, right? That's the thing. And I, I think one of the things I like to point out to people who do have uh, religious scrupulosity OCD is the fact that compulsive prayer is so empty people aren't doing it because they they feel that it is the right thing to do or that they want to connect with god they're doing it to make sure that something bad doesn't happen i've also had um some clients they have to have the right feeling and intention Mm. when they Mm -hmm. are praying so it's actually the opposite we're like ocd is so creative it's endless options Again, for a good time, call OCD. <laughs> I was just about he to say the words I'm not allowed. He always answers. He, he always does answers. I know. Um, I was, yeah, that's good times. What, 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 what were you going to say? I don't know. Oh, I was going to say a bad word. I think I was think I was going to call OCD a, a name. Name yeah. calling. Don't do that. You're going to go to do that. (laughs) Come on, Lauren. (laughs) But that's a good point is that there is some of that stuff that becomes like if I swear or if I use any type of um, anything. Right. Well, and combining the names of 
of like, I don't know why Jesus keeps coming up probably because we live in a very like Christian dominated culture, but um, the idea of saying like the F word and Jesus, right? That that's uh, just having that thought pop into your mind is in and of itself obsessive and, and really scary right. to people. Yeah. Right. Um, also going back to the fact that a lot of religions have rituals, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of them have superstitions too. Interesting. Talk more. Yeah. So if you think about, um, like the Jewish Judaism, Mm -hmm. there is a lot of superstitious belief that goes on, right? Like, um, at least in my experience, in my personal experience, not my clinical experience, but yeah, I think there's one where after somebody dies, you cover the mirrors in case people come back when you're sitting shiv, right? That they don't shiva. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Shiva. 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 On the crates, right? You're sitting on the crates. Um, right. That I think I could be saying this wrong and I'm sorry if I am forgive my ignorance but I think it's so that the the soul or spirit that comes back doesn't see itself or something so they like cover the mirrors or you don't stand I don't know this part so don't stand on a graveyard if you're pregnant or there's like bad luck there's lots of bad luck type yes experiencing yeah there's a few others too I, I think certain colors and I could be wrong. Yeah, I wish I wish I knew more about that. No, I don't think that you are. I just I don't know too much about it because I don't. Right. I just happen to have married someone who's Jewish. There is that. Yeah. So So other compulsions we covered sort of reassurance through apologizing, reassurance through or confessing like you mentioned like going to confession mm-hmm. um avoidance we didn't necessarily talk about that i have had oh this is really heartbreaking too i uh, i worked with somebody once who was avoiding church because yeah. they didn't want yeah. to they don't want to do it wrong mm-hmm. so they wouldn't even confess uh, this person happened to be catholic they wouldn't even confess because they were afraid that they were doing it incorrectly and yeah sad yeah, I really See, that's hate where how it goes. It, un- it folds on itself, right? It goes. It it actually is just so ironic, right? It's like yeah, you do, it then ends up pushing you away from the thing you really do care about and value. Absolutely, it's such yeah, it is ironic and horrible. Uh, mm-hmm. And then what else? What do we got? Uh, any sort of behavioral stuff? We talked about the rechecking or redoing things over and over again and uh, well we can go into mental compulsion so we were talking about intrusive images of you know or blasphemous thoughts right like Mm -hmm. seeing the number 666 for example and then Mm -hmm. people will do thought neutralization so they're trying to bring up the good image to neutralize it or a good thought yep good thought and that's where you might find, you know, compulsive prayer doesn't have to be out loud. It can also be an internal mantra of sorts that's consistently repeated until it feels right or a certain number of times. 
and self reassure like the reassurance to self right like oh that's just OCD it's OCD I didn't really mean that like that's not who I am I see a lot of that yep yep and also just the mental review that is so common to so many subtypes of OCD where you're trying to get clarity as to whether or not you intended something to to come across some some way right or whether or not you behaved in a way that was consistent with your faith right yeah yeah do we want to touch on the fact that some religions believe thoughts as the same thing as yeah or we should I think no that was okay. just I was because it's hard when that happens but I agree I think that it's important to cover it and yeah. I I have thoughts but would you want to take it yeah I don't know exactly the, the rules involved but the Mormon church believes I think not yeah. all Mormons no so I'm gonna actually look up the scripture because I think yeah I have uh because we see it a lot in our treatment but yeah essentially that the idea that having a thought is just the same thing as it happening so we teach people right thoughts are thoughts and that behavior dictates your who you are so if somebody comes in who subscribes to mormon faith and they Mm -hmm. have a thought about having sex with somebody outside their marriage or um, with a child there yeah right or with a child then they go oh that's the same thing as doing it right which is thought action fusion which is just it's so painful to see happen and the undoing that goes on is yeah yeah one. and it looks like someone who's Mormon just joined us so perhaps you can help us a little bit yes. with your own because uh, obviously your understanding of this is going to be more in depth, but I did bring up um, from the book of Alma, verse 12 to 14, our words will condemn us, yea, all our works will condemn us, and our thoughts will also condemn us, is one of the, one of the, the um, oh my gosh, verses that comes up in, in treatment that is a sticking point for a lot of people of the, who are um, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So mm-hmm. that can make it really difficult with any type of OCD, religious scrupulosity or otherwise. So, but obviously within the realm of religious group too, right? Like if you have POCD and you're a member of the LDS church that you're, you know, the the sticking is, I agree. I don't think it, it I don't literally think it either. But yeah. it, OCD <laughs> literally will <laughs> interpret yeah. it yeah. as literal, right? And and I'm glad. So do not, I want to be clear, We're, neither of us yeah. are advocating that you take your thoughts seriously or as they have, as though they have an inherent meaning that a lot of people get tripped up on that because of, of certain parts of religious texts. Yes. So that was, I guess that was really more the point of what I was trying to say is that we see it really commonly because the fact that people interpret the Bible or whichever, the Torah, they literally Mm -hmm. will interpret it literally, literally, literally. Yeah. 
I actually agree with this. So uh, just to share with anyone who's listening, uh, this person has said, I think OCD is an exception because everyone always says thoughts lead to action, which in OCD isn't always the case. And I think all that... The thing is, a lot of thoughts don't lead to action. In fact, and I was trying to remember, maybe you know the scripture around this, but there is there is some some scripture in the Book of Mormon, I think, that speaks to thoughts will lead to actions, and that that's the other one that comes up a lot. And yes. the reality it's the is, first step, yes, towards it's just being the, a horrible person, which is so triggering for people with OCD yeah. because that's their their inherent fear. However. I think that there's a difference between the intrusive thoughts that we have and the thoughts that we cultivate and that we decide to uh, develop a plan around or in, uh, you know, work toward. Yes, yeah. exactly. Which also can come up within treatment, though, because there's a fear of like, well, what does it mean if I'm indulging this thought, even if it is in the context of treatment? Which my thought on that is that since God, I think in, in every faith that I'm aware of is omniscient and all loving that there is, if God knows that you have OCD and that you're trying to be better able to tolerate the thoughts around uh, the intrusive thoughts, that, that God's going to want you to do that. That's, that's my rational thinking around that. But, um, I think worked uh, almost the same idea as manifestation if you believe it will happen and I agree yeah it's the it's it's got a flavor of uh, what happens within the realm of uh what's what's the type that I'm thinking of you can't read my mind uh positive psychology like the secret kind of yeah uh, the secret is what I'm thinking of and I was just thinking about the idea of um I can't remember the word. It's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. It's <laughs> good. Um, shoot. It's fine. I so, forgot what I was going to say. No. What were we saying? What, what are we talking about? Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hello. Sorry, Do you guys know who we are? <laughs> uh, anyway. Where are we? Where are we? So, yeah. The... <laughs> With regard to the types of thinking that can encourage people to take their thoughts seriously, within the realm of OCD, I think we have to take some risks. And I, well, I can't say for sure, because nobody can. It's, It's the risk that we take in treatment that we base our choices on what makes sense rationally within the context of the tenets of the faith as a whole versus taking everything completely literally. And I don't know. That's right. And I think that that's where sometimes it's really helpful to have a church leader involved because Mm -hmm. they can sit down and say, you know, it's more of like the moral aspect you're taking from the story from the Bible. Right. Or, Mm -hmm. um, even signing off is sometimes, you know, it seems like it's reassurance giving, but depending on the person, it might be needed to buy into treatment is almost them signing off on agreeing to, yes, you can write 666 over and over a hundred thousand times if you want, right? Like, because yeah. God doesn't want you to suffer. This isn't, you're suffering so deeply right now. You can't even function. You can't come to church. You can't leave your house, right? Yeah. That this yeah. isn't, 
this is not a good, this isn't why you signed up for this. Yeah. Right. It's not the life God wants for you. Um, And the other thing that I think is really interesting because of this fear that having the thoughts makes you somehow inherently a bad person and that we shouldn't lean into them in the course of treatment. My thought always is that we know from, you know, scientific studies that that thought suppression doesn't work. And so if we know that, and then we still decide to suppress our thoughts, what we're actually doing is knowingly encouraging the thoughts to be more frequent, even though that's not the intention, but that that's the reality is that if you continue to suppress, you know that you're actually increasing the thoughts, at which point, what is actually less faithful, suppressing the thought or accepting it? Right. I just like that little sort of. Right. That's good. Navigation. Nailed it. Thanks. I feel like I'm really, really getting good at the self-clap. You taught me that. Kevin taught you that. You taught me that. It's all good. Yeah, it's good. So So, exposures, I guess it's a good transition into the realm of exposure. Yeah. Yes. Let's transition. So exposures would be doing the scary stuff, right? Like going to church, not avoiding, doing your prayers wrong or off. Um, not having the right intention when you're doing it or not praying compulsively, right? Like if you, if you find yourself just hollowly repeating the prayers, limiting the number of times that you can pray would be the response prevention. If you had a thought, uh, I think in terms of the intrusive images and intrusive thoughts about bad words related to a religious figure that a lot, so especially when it comes to needing to redo actions until you can do them without the bad thought, that there are several stages that we can do. One is just to do the thing and to not or limit the number of times that you redo it. The second is to do the thing and then keep keep going. Don't redo it even if you have the intrusive thought. And the third is to have the intrusive thought on purpose and then to right. do the thing and not redo it. Right. So, and everyone's different Great in terms of the level that they're willing to do. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Again. Oh, I feel like Double I'm losing you somehow. Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. And if you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you'd like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD.